Welcome to HACCP Chat with HACCP Mentor, where it's all about helping you make your food business compliance easier. Sit back and relax as we get our food safety, HACCP and quality compliance on with your host, Amanda Evans. Welcome to HACCP Chat with HACCP Mentor and today we've got Steve Hather back in our podcast or our series on food recall. So welcome back, Steve. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Great. So today I want to kind of delve into how social media can start to impact on a food business when it comes to food recall and incidents. So we did touch very briefly on our first part of our this food recall podcast series. So let's delve into a little bit more of that today. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. So every food business... You know, I'm sure everyone is aware of social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Probably don't see it so much on LinkedIn, but you do. But it's kind of presented differently to how it would be on, say, a personal social media, that being Facebook. Give us some tips, Steve. I'm a, I'm okay. a food business. How do I how do I stop people out there talking about my brand during a recall that's going to adversely affect how my business survives? Well, I think the, the first important point to make is you won't stop people talking. Um, the, you know, I, I think the, the thought of a, um, a brand crisis, um, you know, your brand going viral on social media is, is um, scary for most people. The, the point is that, um, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Social media uh, is a uh, medium like many others that uh, you can uh, influence. You're not, certainly not going to be able to control. But how you're um, portrayed over social media is really going to be dependent on how you communicate and not, um, you know, allowing, if you will, the um, the uh, leadership of the, the incident to be taken away at, at any one point. Most people, unfortunately, choose not to engage on social media, and that is, um, in my view anyway, always the uh, the worst response um, you can come up with. If you, you know, you take a look at, you know, in Australia, one of the biggest uh, food recalls that we've had is the, the Nana's frozen berries um, incident uh, in recall and ultimately crisis that um, uh, led to Nana's frozen berries uh, disappearing. Um, and when you take a look at that, that um, that incident happened on a, a Friday afternoon, as as all crises occur on Friday afternoon. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know why that happens. Go home for the weekend. Why? Why <laughs> <No>. is that? <laughs> there, there is some scientific evidence behind the phenomenon of the Friday afternoon crisis, and it goes something like this: that 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 over a weekend, because supervision and management levels are a little lower, mistakes are made, um, at some point, um, you know, they get missed. Um, the poor old quality manager wanders in on Monday morning, says, oh, geez, um, I wonder what happened there. And so they spend, you know, a good part of the week actually trying to figure out what happened, you know, what went yeah, wrong, yeah. Uh, and, and what do we do about it, and am I going to be blamed for this? Um, and, and you kind of get to the point where it's getting later in the week and the quality manager says, oh, better start talking to somebody else about that. And then, of course, when you get to Friday afternoon, people say, we can't let this go over a weekend. We're doing something about it now. So there, there is some – and, and I've, unfortunately well, – that, that actually makes sense. 
Well, I can tell you right now that I've had many a phone call on a Friday afternoon, and when I start talking about what happened when, that's almost exactly what's happened. So, um, <laughs> so oh. the Friday afternoon phenomenon has some um, has some truth to it. I can I can tell you. But anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> um, Nana's frozen berries. Um, you know, uh, Patty's foods that were then the uh, owners of Nana's frozen berries were um, contacted by the Victorian Department of Health on a, on a Friday afternoon um, in terms of the um, studies that they had done linked their products to a hepatitis A outbreak. Um, now, if you take a look at the response over social media, um, you know, Friday afternoon, their uh, Facebook page had 365 shares and 86 replies to a, a basically a statement, um, and it was that, very that they had they had actually put out that statement. Yes, after after the Victorian Department of Health had effectively announced the recall. Okay. By Saturday morning, that had risen to you know five over five and a half thousand shares and, and thirteen hundred comments. So you already got this kind of landslide of commentary going on, but unfortunately, the company itself didn't really respond in any. Uh, any any substantive way until Monday, and by that stage there were literally thousands and thousands of shares and thousands of comments they couldn't possibly keep up with. So, you know, one of the things to to know about social media is it doesn't close down on Friday afternoon. Um, social media is active 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and therefore you really need to to be able to respond accordingly. So, so in uh, saying that, a company really needs to have some type of system or procedure for whoever manages the social media in the business, yep. that they have to be on call 24-7 to be able to respond. Yeah, either that or, or autom- I mean, there are some automated systems around at the moment that will trigger uh, notifications, for example, when your brand or your product's mentioned uh, in various forums. They don't have to get too sophisticated. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of companies engage uh, media marketing companies to do that sort of monitoring for them. Um, but, it, uh, you know, there are some very good tools that are getting uh, starting to, to come through come that will, through. will help you with that process. Okay. Well, um, we'll, link, we'll link to some of those tools in yeah. the, the show notes, if that's mm. all right. Yeah. No, that's okay. That, um, yeah. So uh, the, the point there to make, too, is it's not just your company Facebook or social media pages. It's also some of the big discussion forums. And as people will know, in the food industry, there's tons of them. There's the, you know, the gluten-free um, this or the, um, you know, people with allergies to that, and, um, you know, organics and all sorts of yeah. different topics that, that people, um, you know, will, will talk about products in. So, so it's not just yours. It's also those discussion forums that can often be the first time you find out that you've got a problem. Um, so the sooner you can get onto this and respond to it, the, the better, obviously. So, um, but social media, as you, as you can imagine, is very powerful for getting messages out very quickly, very broadly, um, and um, you know companies really need to be on their toes and to be responding because the lack of a response fuels the. Um, the discussion so yeah and i think if if you can put out the truth and the facts Mm -hmm. that kind of shuts down a lot of the you know people just writing what they want to write yeah where if you can write no these are the facts because i've seen plenty of posts that you know people interpret and then it's like that chinese whispers 
type of scenario where they then write something and then before you know it's completely blown out. So I think controlling the narrative is definitely the first step for a company. Oh yeah, um, to, you know, to the extent uh, to the extent you can. Um, certainly, um, getting the facts out is is obviously really important. But also understanding, you know, this kind of an old it's kind of an old cliche, but there's certainly a lot of truth to it that um, consumers don't care how much you know until they know until they know how much you care. Um, in other words, it, when you're talking about a consumer safety incident. Um, uh, there are, whether you like it or not, a lot of emotions and concerns associated with it. So companies not only have to have the facts, but they also have to understand um, that consumers are looking for some um, acknowledgement of concern. So when we talk about social media communications, um, it, it's acknowledging uh, and empathising, which is also an important part of the message. Um, so, in, in fact, acknowledge, empathise, act and follow up is kind of the, the four-step mantra that, that we use um, when we're talking about social media communications in a, in a product safety-related incident. So it's balancing out that, that technical uh, information and this um, the element of concern reduces what we refer to as outrage. Um, and so there's, there's two. There's always two elements to a crisis. There is the kind of technical hazard analysis side, um, which you know, a lot of technical and quality managers would be very familiar with. Uh, and then there's the kind of there's the outrage side. And this is where, when I talk to quality and technical managers, they, they talk about you know irrational consumers jumping to conclusions or media sensationalising an incident. And and they're absolutely right. But that's the nature of um, crises, you have to be able to manage both sides um, in order to make sure incidents and recalls don't escalate uh, into, a, uh, into a crisis. So um, you, you have to respond. Uh, you can't um, ignore conversations going on uh, social media. Um, what you've got to be doing is, is engaging in the right way. Um, social media – sorry. So I was going to say, I think long – gone the days where your consumer or your customer would write you a letter mm. complaining about your product or mm. ringing you up. They just yeah. bypass that whole process now. The first, Like you say, the first time you hear about it, it's on social media. Yeah. And I've, I've also seen plenty of like company pages where people will post making a complaint mm. and, yeah, the company doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. And so then that makes that person even crankier or, like mm-hmm. you say, this outrage side of it. And That's then right. people start getting on board with the outrage. Everybody loves outrage. Oh, yeah. You know, it just fires people up. It's like you wake up in the morning and go, what am I going to get angry about today, <laughs> you know? so. Well, in, in the old traditional media terms, you know, we always used to say that it's conflict that sells newspapers. So if everyone's in violent agreement with each other, there's no story there, you know. That's no one's right. interested That's in that. Right. What they're interested in is I disagree with you. Yes. Uh, here's all my reasons. Um, it's that con- nature of conflict that actually gets people's interest. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, what we're about is getting everyone in violent agreement with each other because that makes everything go away. Right. Um, okay. so, <laughs> so, oh, good uh, luck with that. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I, I'm not saying this is easy. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely um, not easy. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, I think the, the important thing about social media, it, it's, a, it's a medium like many other mediums, but it's a, it, it's a, a different approach. Um, as you mentioned, you know, in the, in the old days, well, it still happens, um, consumers have a problem with the product they call you. That's a, that's a one-on-one conversation, and how you manage that consumer complaint will determine whether that consumer is going to continue to buy, and this kind of an old saying that a you know, consumer um, scorned is, is going to tell 10 others. 10 others, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was in the old days. Well, well, now that consumer scorned will get on social media and, and um, potentially thousands are, are looking at that. Problem. And it's probably not even the original person who posted who's that scorned anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the outrage of everybody else at the incident Correct. as well. So it just, yeah... Yeah, I mean, it, incidents over social media, it, it, they're still one-on-one conversations, and that's a lot of people, you know, tend to forget that uh, if I'm a company and a consumer gets on social media and says, "Hey, company X, I've got a problem with your product," they still want a personal response. Yes, yes. But the problem is that thousands of people are watching this response, and they're going to frame their view of the company based on that response. And that, that's a really important point because often crises have nothing to do with the incident itself. You are tuned into HACCP Chat with HACCP Mentor. And crises have nothing to do with the incident itself. Crises are created by how the company responds to response. the incident. Yeah. Which is the reason why I often tell people that, you know, I'm not aware of a crisis that wasn't caused by the company itself or at least made significantly worse by the company's response. So what we're, what we're thinking about here is, is managing both the incident itself and the way you're going to respond to it. You know, one of the one of the best examples, and I, it's not a food one, but it's still a great learning, um, is if you take a look at the dream, the tragic accident, Dream Warden, four people died um, on a, a um, uh, on one of the on the rides. Of- yeah. So for people who aren't located in Australia, Dream World is like a theme park, so a bit like um, Six Flags, uh, yeah. Disney. If you're in the D- Disney, you know. Yep. Something like that. So it's a theme park, you know, where you go and do the rides and have yep. the experience and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And when you, when you take a look at it, the, the, the local management team actually um, responded really effectively. But, but the brand crisis for Ardent Leisure, who were the owners of Dreamworld, was, had nothing to do with the tragic accident itself. It's the way the company actually responded to it that actually created the crisis for the company and that's what got the engagement of the media and got engagement of consumers was how the company was responding to that how they didn't speak to the family at the right time uh, how people got focused on why was the company still having its annual general meeting in the midst of all this yeah that was Um, weird that was really weird i thought that yeah how much how much the ceo was getting paid Paid. all sorts of distractions that basically escalated what should have been treated as a very serious tragic accident became a brand crisis for Ardent. So response becomes really, really critical when you're talking about crisis management. Um, so, and social media is, is, a, is, a, is a means that will quickly escalate an incident or a product recall into a brand crisis unless it's managed uh, really carefully. Um, I, have, I have seen, sorry, just over... <laughs> Probably just even over the last 12 months, I've seen a, 
a couple of things pop up on my feed, especially in Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, where there's been a staff member of a business has posted something they were doing which was not appropriate mm-hmm. and the company has responded really well with shutting mm-hmm. shutting that down and also basically saying that what the action they've taken mm-hmm. for this person. So the general public seems to take a different view to things like that as opposed to, say, a consumer a consumer posting, say, cockroaches crawling over the top of a product because they've mm-hmm. kind of filmed it on their their camera from whilst they've been waiting for their food. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the company, again, takes too long to respond. And then people are like, there's no way I'm eating at that place anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so how do you go around managing those type of things, you know, whether it's it's customer v employee mm-hmm. has posted in that respect. Yeah, I, Is there different the, strategies you'd use as a business? Well, the, the principles are always going to apply, I think, um, and that's basically to, to acknowledge that, you know, firstly acknowledge that consumers would naturally be concerned about that um, yeah. uh, and to, um, to empathise uh, with them, um, but also then to say, well, you know, here are the actions we've taken as a result. Um, and that's where you kind of blend that, you know, we care, we are acting, and these are the things that we're doing, not just, you know, for example, whether it be sacking the employee, but how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? again. Yeah, so. and that's a big thing we focus on in in the food industry and especially, again, around those GFSI standards. You are required to do the root cause analysis. Yep. And what are you going to do to prevent a re- reoccurrence? If you're constantly getting the same say, customer complaints, for example, or same non-conformances, you clearly haven't addressed the the root cause of the issue. And it's only a matter of time before it blows out to be not something minor, but something major. Exactly. And the the other thing to to be aware of as well is if you're going to – ultimately, you want to provide a platform to return the product – um, to the market. So if you are not really clear on that root cause um, and you try to return the market without really understanding um, that root cause and, and taking appropriate actions, then, you know, consumers will forgive you the first time, but they're really not going to forgive you the second time. Second time, yeah. This is, where, this is where you get into, you know, there are systemic problems with this business. Everyone makes a mistake but where people are going to be really concerned is if there's an indication of a systemic problem. Mm. Uh, and that's what got Chipotle, for example, um, in the United States. It had um, some initial incidents that it didn't manage very well, but it was the ongoing nature of the problems that really said, hang on a minute, this is not about one restaurant anymore. This is about a company that doesn't have its act together when it comes to food safety. So we're talking about systemic problems now, mm. not just a one-off incident. So, mm. um, but it's interesting. Um, social media um, is a is a really critical communication tool, and again, there's not a lot of statistics around. But there but there was a study done in um, 2015 by the University of Chicago on the effect of social media communications uh, in a recall and actually showed that um, an effective social media program actually reduces the impact on a share price of a you know, public literacy company, for example, um, and also has a significant um, in, uh, reduction on the impact on future sales. 
So there is some data to suggest that a good social media program will actually protect the business. Um, the question is why? Well, firstly, social media is an opportunity for engagement. Um, and so being able to engage consumers and talk a lot about the values of your brand, the reasons why you're taking the actions you are, actually provides an opportunity to build some confidence in a brand. So engaging consumers is actually a good thing. Um, you know, we, we fight against this all the time. The, unfortunately, the, there is a tendency to bury news of a recall as far back on a, on a website as you can. Yeah, no, you, your marketing people say, no, no, we only talk about positive messages and recalls are negative. Well, guess what? Recalls can have a very positive message. If you start talking about consumer safety as their number one priority, for example, and you want that as one of your brand attributes, nothing will demonstrate that more than immediate actions such as a product recall if you've got a problem. Conversely, if you don't take action and you bury it or you um, you know, you take four months or in the case of, say, Takata airbags, you take three years to conduct any recall activity and you have the audacity to come out and say consumer safety is our number one priority. Well, then, you know, you can't blame consumers from being very cynical That's right. about whether you do, in fact, have consumer safety as the number one priority. Yeah, because I think your average, your average consumer, if you've got my um, health and my well-being as your priority – you know, I would have known about this straight away. Yep, oh, that's right. And 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 the other key thing there is, your I will tend to believe your messages if I trust you. Yeah. And that trust is built on your actions and and your initial communication. So, engagement becomes a really critical part of this. And of course, the other the other important part of social media is it provides an opportunity to provide more information. When when consumers hear about a problem with a the product, they want to know more. So, um, you know, rather than kind of really lengthy one-way media statements, which just don't work in social media, the ability to look at a discussion forum that is addressing all those key concerns and questions that consumer has uh, have um, is is a really important part of that engagement. So, um, you know, where, where we really see problems in um, social media response uh, from companies is, is firstly, they tend to use a tradition, what we call a traditional media response, you know, the four-page technical-based media statement, um, which is full of technical facts. The, the problem is the average consumer just won't read it. So yeah, what they're looking right. at is to take that kind of bite, um, that little sound bite, um, or in this case, that little written bite that says... You know, do I trust this company or not? I ain't going to read all this. And because this four-page statement on all these technical issues sounds like they've employed some scientists to actually help defend what might be a, you know, um, a really dodgy process. So, yeah. um, you know, the first point is you can't take that traditional media response. You've got to have a nice, tight um, uh, response. Um, and the other thing is you have minutes and maybe hours, not days, to engage. So okay. you, can't, you can't write a technical four-page statement. Yeah. Um, so I think this is where you again your systems and your planning come into play, where you can have some some general stuff already written. But yep. what you were saying about having this social media plan, yep. I don't think a lot of businesses really consider that 
area or have that in place, especially smaller businesses, on, you know, how are we going to respond? Who is, who is the person who's going to respond? Is it going to come from the, yeah. the marketing team or is it going to actually come from the director of the business to maintain this some level of credibility and this whole thing, how are we going to engage? Yeah. You know, so I think from a, a perspective of, of food industry and those who are listening to this um, HACCP chat today, go back and have a look and talk to your management and see whether they actually do have a social media plan uh, scoped out for your business. Yep. And this would be outside of, of your food well, it could be included in your food recall plan, but I, I think generally incident management plan, corrective actions, all of that, it should be included as part of as part of that side of things. Yeah, um, I mean it's a it's a topic all you know all by itself, but um, you know I I like to see an integrated incident management recall crisis prevention program that that would naturally include a social media response. Um, that's you kind of have a bit of a disconnect sometimes in companies. You know, you, you have a quality manager, for example, um, that's focused on the technical side. Um, you have your uh, consumer response people who are um, very much focused on um, keeping consumers happy uh, yeah. and, and saying what they think they should say. Um, you know, you have your marketing people that tend to be fo- you know, focused um, around that kind of consumer engagement area that, that unfortunately um, would tend to get into that kind of downplay, denial, defensive um, strategy uh, right from the start, which unfortunately many PR companies um, uh, do uh, advocate. And, and uh, I'm a, I'm a, um, I, I do have a problem sometimes with with PR companies kind of taking that, that yeah. approach. But anyway, um, there th- there can be a, a, a you know. Um, a bit of a disconnect between what's going on technically and what's going on in, ter- in terms of um, consumer conversations. And the important part is to connect those two up. And the best way to do that is to have an integrated program. Um, yes, there'll be specific actions to take as a result of product recall. But at the end of the day, you need a, a good general process that's going to to take care of you for any type of incidents, uh, including, um, you know, uh, consumer complaints right through to if a recall is necessary, um, preventing a, a brand crisis. So, and I think have, that, sorry, that feeds quite well now, Steve, into um, what we want to talk about in an upcoming podcast is around, you know, the, the, the team or your crisis management team or food recall team and who should be on that team and what skills that they should have. So um, if you're happy to come back and, you know, we can talk about that type of stuff, which will give people a little bit more direction because, it's like you said, it, it really needs to be integrated. I see a lot of the time that, you know, there's a separate food recall plan, there's a separate contingency plan. Yeah, and well, as I said before, the social media plan doesn't even come into play. So let's have a look on our next, on our next HACCP chat around this food recall team and how we can actually integrate all of these plans into one system so everybody's on the same page at all times. Yep, sounds great. Okay, excellent. So thanks again for joining us today. Any of the links or references we've discussed in today's podcast, you can find them on the blog post. Again, if you've got any questions as well, feel free to leave us a comment below the post.
So thanks again, Steve, and we will... You've been listening to HACCP Chat with HACCP Mentor. For all your food business, HACCP, quality and food safety compliance tools, check out our website at www.hacapmentor.com. You can also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes to this episode.